Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today we're going to talk about the 2016 film The Secret Life of Pets. My name is Sarah. I am the mom of a five-year-old boy. And I am Briar Harvey, and I am the mom of... When is this coming out? <laughs> okay, so we're still at 18, 8, and 2 then. All right. Good lord. <laughs> so this is a movie that has a 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's also an Illumination movie, so the people who made Minions. This was probably, this has got to be up there in their success near Minions, I would imagine. I would imagine. It's or one of Despicable the... Me, you know what I mean. No, <laughs> I think you had Let's it right call the it first minions. time. Let's yeah. just be honest, it's the Minions movie. Yeah. So, uh, this movie starts with the Illumination logo and a single Minion saying something about Illumination in Minionese. Something. Um, I, I'm not sure which minion it is because thank I don't know them or care enough to bother. I thank God every day that the minions have never caught on in this house because I would not be able to tolerate it. It's the one wearing goggles that are two eyes and he's short. Like, I don't know. Somebody all out there I know knows. is one of them is named Kevin, and that's yes. all that's really permeated our household minion yeah. culture around yeah. here. So it's fine. Reach it's out fine. to us. Let us know. If you know which minion it is, let us know. I, if you are unfortunate enough to know which <laughs> minion that is, we'd love to hear from you. Because what we're saying is we feel badly that you have to have acquired that level of knowledge. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry, but we'll 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 benefit from your wisdom. Yes. Okay, so should we just start with the uh, just start cast? out with it? Let's just start with it. Um, so we have been watching the second movie in this series in our house most recently because it's times. on Netflix. As it's on we... Netflix. I think we might own it. Um. If not, it's on Hulu. It's on something. Something that we regularly stream from. It's on And Netflix. I totally forgot that it's Louis C.K. playing the part of Max in this, in the first one. Well, so, because Patton just, Patton Oswalt just slides right in, yeah. right? Like, so he plays the part in the second one, mm -hmm. and I was talking to my husband about it as we were watching it today. And we both agree he does such a better job at he's it because he can better. actually like emote, mm -hmm. like he's a very good voice actor. Mm -hmm. Whereas Louis C.K., no, he's not not very good at all at he's voice acting. Not good at all, and I don't actually like this Max as much. And yeah, it was really interesting for me to come back to this movie because I remember really liking this movie right. initially the first you know mm -hmm. run through when it was on whatever and mm -hmm. we watched it a lot and I was satisfied with this movie except for the part where it was Louis C.K. but the movie itself was satisfactory right the second one which is obviously a sequel right and the plot story wise is... it's a sequel yeah. but somehow it's better <laughs> 
Right. Somehow it's better. And I, I think agree. that that's all down to Patton. I really, it's got to I be. have to agree. And I'm not even like, I'm generally not like a fan of Patton Oswalt. Like, <laughs> I just, I just generally, I'm like, eh, Patton Oswalt, eh, not a fan. No real reason, no basis, just, eh, not a fan. <laughs> just something about him I don't like. And he is much, much better as Max than Louis C.K. is. He really, he really is. And that's not even me coming at that as, like, a Louis C.K. is, like, questionable and, like, whatever. He's got... We've talked about issues with voice actors ad nauseum. I really feel like we might need to start putting a disclaimer. Like, we're tired of talking about it. It's an issue. Yeah. It, Listen it, but to episodes. When, when their name comes <laughs> up, we can't go, I'm sorry, we're just going to gloss over the fact yeah. that in this instance, he's exposed himself to right. a number of female comics. We, we, we don't really have to talk a lot about it. Right. Just that we're not glazing over it. Nor right. am, in, And in Louis C.K.'s case in particular, I'm not happy about his return. Like, mm-hmm. he seems to have been pardoned in some way mm-hmm. that makes me very very uncomfortable so yeah yeah i don't i mean is he i don't know i honestly i'm just tired of talking about I it know. like and you know what we should be clear that this comes on the heels of the most recent episode we recorded was kung fu panda which is the one where we like that's the one where we go into this that's the one where we go into how do you judge a voice actor based on on a scale of bad because it's all bad so maybe we're a little bit more burnt out on it It, than we are normally so to go from kung fu panda into a movie starring louis ck maybe (laughs) not the best planning on our parts but as far as these movies or episodes are releasing that wasn't the original plan things changed we had to record this way and blah 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 here we are Nevertheless, <laughs> we're we're not gonna glaze over it because we cannot. But we're also done talking about. Yeah, that's it. it. So done. that's where we're at. The Let's talk about is that. We prefer Pat Oswalt as Max, and and that's the end of it. And right. we're just gonna talk about Max for the rest of this episode, and we can talk about some of the rest of this cast. Although, by and large, this cast is a who's who's in comedy. And yeah. so Patton slid right in right. in that way, too. Like, we have Eric Stone Street as Duke. He's from Modern Family. He plays Cam. Mm-hmm. We have Jenny Slate as Gidget. Mona Lisa Saperstein from Parks and Rec. But also... Miss Nanny on the new version of the Muppet Babies cartoon. Well, and, and a thousand and one other things. That, that, is, that is the important one as far as... I, our I, kids I guess go? Our kids are concerned, <laughs> yeah. yes. We have Kevin Hart as Snowball. Um, Ellie Kemper as Katie. Kimmy Schmidt. And also, God, what was her character's name on the I office? Been, I, I can't think. She's the redhead, mm-hmm. uh, the the receptionist after Pam. I, I I don't. I have never watched that show. I, can't I think I've of mentioned the name. this before, but The Office is 
everything that I have never wanted in a job, <laughs> and I cannot deal with the PTSD flashbacks that I, I, I have when I watch that show. Yeah. So it's just... Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've been Pam in a job outside of, like, the office romance. The rest of, like, Pam's life at Dunder Mifflin, I've lived it, and it's uncomfortable, and I couldn't watch it when it was airing because I was in the thick of it. But I have since watched it after the fact and not, no longer in that position myself. I can enjoy it. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, it's... I, Why I can't couldn't... I think of her name, though? Erin. It's Erin. Erin. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> we have um, Blake Bell as Chloe and I'm pretty sure we have talked about her I tried to go back and see but she is in Into the Spider-Verse as she... Kingpin's wife right. which I hate so her name is Vanessa Fisk so in my name in my mind she is kind of like the Parker Posey of current comedy films where she's done a lot of like indie stuff mm -hmm. and unless you're like really watching those things you may not know who she is but if you do watch those things you definitely know who she is um up until she is currently in a tv show with dax shepherd um what the heck is it called it's about like two people from the city who move out to the country it's not very good bless this mess <laughs> So, that's my take on Lake Bell. Accurate or not, it's my take. And I remember her from probably one of her first, I, I guess not her first, but one of the first was Surface. Do you remember that show? Early Audies. It was one of those NBC dumpers. Like, mm -hmm. it ended on a cliffhanger, and then NBC canceled it, and I will never not be salty about that. I don't remember because, that show at all. Oh, no, it was, it was, it was an undersea, <laughs> like, it was, it was great. Oh, it was yeah, yeah. I, I only, I am closing some of my early Audie loops. I recently finished the um, Tay Diggs show called Daybreak. For this one, I had to actually rent it. This was DVD Netflix here. <laughs> because, so, when they originally aired this show, they canceled it halfway through the season. They played the rest online, but they didn't announce it, and they weren't up for very long. And so, somehow, in all of the onlineness of it, because it was 2007 and we were still new to playing shit online, right? Mm -hmm. I missed it. I missed the last episode. So, I've had this open loop for the last 13 years yeah. of like, how <laughs> did this one end? So, finally, I was like, it came in my brain, and I'm like, oh, I should close this loop. So, yes, I had to get it on DVD Netflix, but it's done, and I was very satisfied. Okay. It seems like, just on my basic look at it on Wikipedia, it looks like a predecessor to Lost, like, of that ilk. Like it was mystery. actually at the... So, it was supposed to be the mid-season replacement for the second season of Lost. Okay. Yeah. And and it was great and it was it's smart, very of the time. It though. was very of the time mm -hmm. and I loved it and yeah, but it got canceled and yeah. Okay. 
What were we talking about? Next up is Dana Carvey. I don't think we have to talk about Dana Carvey. I mean, you know who Dana Carvey is. And Dana (laughs) is, as far as I know, pretty universally a good guy. Like, yeah, I mean, I just don't feel like we can say things like that these days. I know, I I know you do. You you guys should see the face that she makes at me (laughs) when I say things. Every time, I'm just like, "Ah, am I gonna have to edit this out later? I, I mean, I feel like. So, when we are recording this, is the same um, week-ish that the Johnny Depp Amber Heard tapes broke in the Daily Mail about how Amber Heard is apparently the abuser in that relationship. So now I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. But just I like don't hold Dana. anything we say against us, I guess. I, or anybody else. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. I don't, I don't know. even. But I, I like, know. generally like Dana Carvey. Yeah. And he has a bigger part in the second one, I feel like. Uh-huh. Because he's kind of just a small part in this one. But Pops is, Pops is a fun character, though. Yeah. And I like the rolling around on the wheels and the. <laughs> uh, all right. So we have Hannibal Burris as Buddy, and I will link this in the show notes because I f- just, I don't know how I happened across this article, but he apparently sent an imposter to the Spider-Man Homecoming premiere. As himself. As himself, yes. yes. <laughs> he didn't go. He sent somebody else. That's... That's the best I got for Hannibal Burris. I mean, or the worst I've got for Hannibal Burris. All right. <clears throat> we have Bobby Moynihan as who as an adult you're going to know from Saturday Night Live, but your yes. kid is going to know him from like any of the other countless things he is a voice actor in. But in he's our good. house, yeah. Um, Louie in the new DuckTales, and I actually really like the new DuckTales. I was yeah, surprised so I. because I felt like they could not ever do justice to DuckTales, yeah. but they have shockingly, <clears throat> shockingly, but he's yep. also in Monsters University. He's in Vampirina. Mm-hmm. He's in The Bravest Night. He's in Star Wars Resistance, and he's also in... And maybe I'm wrong on this, but I'm like pretty... Oh, yeah, he's in Nature Cat. He plays Hale. He's in We Bear Bears. Like, literally everything my kid watches, Bobby Moynihan does a voice in it. And my kid I knows the voice Bear because Bear. it's pretty distinctive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 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 pretty talented. He was also, on four episodes of Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Like, come on, guys. This is literally everything my kid watches. We won't talk too much about Tara Strong because I'm pretty sure we've done her resume at least once before. But the last time we talked about her was episode six as Unikitty. Here she is the parakeet, sweet pea. Um, Let's see. We have Steve Coogan. Wait, I thought I thought uh, Allison Brie was Unikitty in the in the movie. Is Tara uh, Strong yes. just Unikitty in the TV show? She's, I think she's Unikitty in the TV show. Okay. Yes. All right. Sorry, just have to clarify. <laughs> yes. Good. But, like, also in everything. She's, like, yeah. a, like, the probably most prolific female voice actor. Right? 
um, at bubbles the moment. Yeah, is is probably where bubbles, everyone knows from. Got to be one of the uh, fairly odd. My Little Ponies. Yeah, <laughs> she's everything. Um. Okay. So Steve Coogan as uh, Ozone the Sphinx. The um, like naked cat. The naked cat. <laughs> the naked uh, alley cat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he is also the fat Himalayan that lives in Brooklyn on the porch. The one that lets them know that Max's, or not Max's, um, uh, Duke's, Duke's former owner died. Right. In a very cat way. We'll, we'll reserve judgment as to whether or not that actually happened or not because of the cat-like manner in which it was delivered, but it's fine. Um, and then we have Albert Brooks as Tiberius the Hawk, which is, it was, I don't know, pretty quintessential Albert Brooks. Yeah, no? yeah. Like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought... Albert Brooks was related to Mel Brooks. He's not related to Mel Brooks, which I I don't know how I thought he might be related to him because I knew he wasn't like his son because his son is Max Brooks. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, <laughs> it's just today I learned I was this many days old when I found out that Albert Brooks was not related to Mel Brooks. But like, I, it's not like I like fully formed that thought until this moment either. I actually am have to say not surprised that they're not related but also not surprised that you would Brooks is I don't know. It's not his real name. No. Who? Which one? Albert. I mean it may not be Mel Brooks's real name either but it's not Albert Brooks's real name. What's Albert Brooks's real name? Google says he was born Albert Lawrence Einstein. Well, now we know why he goes by Brooks. But his family was, like, already involved in the Jewish show business world. Yeah, but Einstein is not a name that's going to get you cast as a comic. Yeah. I mean, just... By the age of 19, he had changed his professional name to Albert Brooks, joking that the real Albert Einstein changed his name... To sound more intelligent. Alright. <laughs> I also would have, like, accepted somebody else already was named Albert Brooks on in SAG. Right? Like, just tell me that. N- or no, Albert but, Einstein, I mean. But when your name is Albert Einstein, <laughs> how are you going to go and get a comedy show? Yeah. I mean, man, I <clears throat> that's hysterical. I did not know that. And today um, years old, and <laughs> I'm loving this one because it it's so funny. <laughs> Albert Einstein, the comic. Okay, guys. So do we have anyone else that we need to cover in the cast? I don't think so. I'm good with it. I, I'm I'm pretty happy with what we have here. It's um, sufficient. Yeah. <laughs> I'm again. Our timing is probably bad after Kung Fu Panda, but I'm just so burnt out about talking about 
bad behavior. Which is why we didn't even touch on Kevin Hart. We know he has issues. <laughs> it's it's not fine, but we're just not going to talk about it today. No. I, I, although his Netflix series is probably worth a watch if you have not seen it yet. It was it was decent. There were some things in there I found redeeming. I, I've actually always been a fan of Kevin Hart, and I'm kind of willing to forgive bad tweets from a decade ago. But I'm still a little like what actually happened in that car accident, but do we need to go there though? No, it's really the not, question. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't actually have a, like a theory. I'm just more like, mm, things aren't like fully adding up here, but I don't want to talk about it. No, I just don't want to talk about it. No, I'm so I want to talk about how this movie starts with a Taylor Swift song. Yeah, we can talk about Taylor anytime. <laughs> She's not ever going to come up on our radar a whole lot. So here is where we also plug her recent Netflix <laughs> uh, documentary. Did you watch Miss America? I haven't watched it yet. It's, you know, I've always been a Swifty, unabashedly so, <laughs> and I'm willing to cop to that. But I think that that the documentary will make you one if you are Mm -hmm. not. Because she's had a hard time, guys. Like, as a fan, we're aware of some of the things that she has gone through in her pursuit of music. But watching it all laid out black and white, she told um, when they were recording um, me, she was talking to Brandon Urie. And they're sitting, recording, and she tells him about the guy who broke into her room and slept in her bed. And just the offhand way in which she relates this story, Mm -hmm. because Brandon's had several stalkers himself, Mm -hmm. like, these people are nuts, nuts, Mm -hmm. and they're just talking about it as though these are, because they are, everyday occurrences for them, and Mm -hmm. I just... Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. So here's to Taylor, and we get to start with a Taylor Swift song. I like Welcome to New York. I do not know what Taylor sees in New York, personally. (laughs) I've always thought it smelled bad, but... I've been places that smell worse. I I have two. (laughs) Greeley, Colorado. But but by and large... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I will never be a New Yorker. But I love the hope and joy of this song. I think my main issues with New York are that everybody thinks that I live close enough to go there on, like, a, day a trip? spur of the moment day trip. Yeah. People, I live closer to Toronto than I live to New York. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, because you're, what, a seven, eight hour drive? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can I can go to like Montreal in the same amount of time. So I don't live anywhere near New York. I've been. <laughs> My biggest uh advice about New York is don't fly through any of the airports on a Friday at five o'clock. Well, that just seems like good <laughs> sense, really. <laughs> so I do like the way this movie opens. 
Yes. I like the sweeping view of New York City and the view down into the park. It's cool enough to make you like New York if, you know, you like New York, I guess. There's plenty to like about New York. Okay, fine. fine. It's not their sports teams, but there's plenty to like about New York. Yeah, well, I, I certainly, you will never hear me argue about New York sports teams, ever, <laughs> ever. So we meet Max. With... He's a Jack Russell Terrier. In notably, a basket. Yeah. Notably, they're like a high-strung breed, right? Yes. Okay. And I think that comes across in the character. <laughs> yes. And I love the way that he introduces, like, his story, how he met Katie. I love when he's a puppy. It's great. But then I also like the way that you're introduced to all the other pets with the owners leaving. I think I that's like how smart... you don't see them until the very end of yeah. the movie. Right. I, I... At which point in time you see how much in common pets have with their owners. But in the beginning, you just see the legs and you see the goodbyes and it's, yeah. I think my favorite one is the poodle that listens to heavy metal. Leonard! I'm so (laughs) glad we agree that Leonard Leonard is awesome. Yeah. Leonard also never has a single line. He was rumored at one point in time to have been voiced by I think I wrote this down Chris Pratt but that never actually happened okay so Leonard is just Leonard the poodle the heavy metal poodle (laughs) he's so great alright so we have Max and Katie at home and their whole meet cute story. And then we meet Duke. I like Duke. I do too. Like, think about how awesome he would be as a real dog. Like, I mean, sure, he's probably stinky and sheds hair everywhere. But, like, doesn't everybody just want a big dumb dog in life? No. No. no I do. I'm a cat person. Well, yeah, I mean, oh, I am, but not today. I hate my cats. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I, I think, why you are a cat person, no? <laughs> Isn't there always that love-hate antagonistic relationship with your cats? Like, my cat, my last cat, we don't currently have one because this apartment is animal free but our cat would deliberately race past the linoleum or hardwood floors to go and vomit on the carpet <laughs> like so our cats um found what must have been like a bubble in the paint on the wall and they ripped it open and dug a hole in our wall like i've never seen a cat do something like that So then finally, like, it's been like that for a while. And my husband today went in, like, I'm talking, it's been like that for almost a year. We've had the cats for a year, and they did it, like, right away. Um, And they've been picking at it and getting it bigger this whole time. Oh, Jesus. So today my husband went in to, like, joint compound it or whatever the heck you use to, like, fix a hole in the wall. And while it was drying, they went back in and dug it all out. (laughs) And 
I like so. On one hand, I'm like, oh, I hate you cats. But on the other hand, it's like everything that they, all their destructiveness has been things that I've had to directly deal with. This is like one of the first times my husband has had to directly deal with something they destroyed. And then they went back in and destroyed it again. And like his anger, it was like, yes, let the hate flow through you. (laughs) You know how I feel about these cats now. So, I remember when you got these cats. Yeah. It's been, I guess it has been a it's year. It's been a year, yeah. We so, got them like the week after Valentine's Day last year. So, they were brand new when we had they started just the podcast. Yeah. Yes, and they were kittens then. Yeah. And now even, they're just assholes. <laughs> well, they, they were assholes then, too. Yeah, but they were but, kittens. But they were kittens and kittens. And now assholes. they're just assholes. <laughs> Although I will also say that, like, my whole family, we've all been <coughs> sick this past, like, four days or so. And they've been really, really snuggly, which is also not their normal, like, personality. Because they're still young, so they still, like, are rambunctious. But they've mm-hmm. been very snuggly this week. I still don't like them, though. <laughs> which, again, I think is kind of the relationship yeah. all cat owners have with their cats. <laughs> we love them. We hate them. We love them. But we hate them more. <laughs> like... Yeah. Right. I think Chloe is probably a good representation Mm -hmm. of that relationship in this movie. Like, man, the chicken and the way she throws, but I, her food, she deliberately knocks stuff Mm -hmm. off the counters all the time. Like, she's just, she's a great cat. Mm -hmm. Great cat. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's see. After we meet Duke, we go to the dog park. Is that that about? Well, no. It starts because Max hates Duke from the beginning, and then Duke steals Max's bed, and then not only does he steal Max's bed, he also steals the blanket that Max is sleeping on. So then the next morning, Duke like accidentally knocks over a vase. And it occurs to Max that he has never been a destructive dog. So if he destroys the apartment, Katie won't blame him. No, no. She'll She'll blame blame new dog. Or new dog. So that's when he gets, like, the power over Max. And that's when they go to the dog park. And then that's when they go to the dog park. With the dog walker. It's kind of a nasty, antagonistic relationship. Oh, yeah. Neither one of them come out looking particularly no. pretty here, do they? I think, I don't know if they do this in the second movie. I can't recall. But I like the scenes where they cut from the way the dogs are acting. Like, there's that scene where Max is talking to Katie in the bathroom and telling her all about how awful Duke is and blah, blah, blah. And then they, like, cut to it and they show you Katie like, her perspective of it, and it's just Max, like, barking at her. And they do that a few times in this movie. They do it again when Duke and Max go and visit Duke's old house, uh-huh. and Duke is freaking out because the old man has died, or the cat has told him that, and he's, like, doesn't believe the cat and whatever. And the and new we have family the owners, comes. the new family. Yeah, and, and he's, like, freaking look- out. There's yeah. a giant dog, like, freaking out. It's like Cujo, you know? Mm-hmm. 
But, like, I like that they show you that perspective because, like, kids may not necessarily understand the situation as well otherwise, I think. You know, I will confess, I have seen the second one several times now, mm-hmm. but not all the way through in one sitting, so I cannot yeah. accurately say whether or not that happens in that one, but I really don't think that it did. I don't think it does either, and I've decided that, in general, my memory of kids' movies is um, awful. Faulty Because <laughs> there's been best. more than one of these movies that we've sat down to watch for this, <laughs> and I've been like, oh yeah, I've seen that movie like a thousand times. And then I sit down to watch it, and I'm like, have I ever seen this movie? And it happened with this one, which mm-hmm. I was pretty sure I had seen. But then I have to remember, like, oh, it came out in 2016, so my son was like, a year and a half, two years during that time. So if I was watching it, I probably wasn't actually watching. <laughs> well, and minor, it doesn't even matter. It, it it's on. I I accept that the movies are on when they are current and in circulation on mm-hmm. probably Netflix because that's the one mm-hmm. that we do for the younger kids and Disney Plus now, you know, because mm-hmm. Disney, but. Those are the ones we cycle through, but that is not ever the same as sitting down and watching it all of the way through. And I never really realized the difference. Until you sat down and tried to, like, dissect movies Mm -hmm. for this podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same. Um, Because I really have to commit to mm -hmm. that hour and a half of watching, and and twice, because I try and watch them all twice before we go through Mm -hmm. it. And, And, yeah, it's, there's... Yeah. And there's a definite, like, division between... Because I've always, like, watched cartoon movies. Like, I've always been a fan. I'm a big Disney fan. I know, big surprise, guys. I probably didn't figure that out before now, right? No, we have Um, no idea. (laughs) So, like, I'm the kind of person who went and saw Disney movies in the theater as an adult without children. And so I'm finding that there's, like, a big difference between the movies I watched for enjoyment the cartoon movies I watched for enjoyment before I had kids and the cartoon movies I'm watching after I've had kids, I don't remember the ones I'm watching now. <laughs> I don't remember them. And I feel like, and, and some of them we go to the theater and see too, but that for us is a whole nother. So it's me and my husband and our three children. And inevitably watching a movie with three children yeah. is me Helping the eight-year-old find our row when he comes back from the bathroom. Right. Making sure the two-year-old isn't destroying anything or has snacks. Yeah. Making sure the 18-year-old is not talking so loudly through the film (laughs) that none of the other audience goers can watch the movie. This is my experience when I go with all of my kids. And then low-key making sure nobody's choking on popcorn. Also, all the time, making sure no one is choking on popcorn, yes. So, I mean, just to note, again, that this is a movie where I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen this movie a thousand and one times. And then I sat down to watch it, and I'm like, I have no memory of this movie. You know, And I can't remember, I didn't remember that Louis C.K. was in it at all. I thought it was always Patton Oswalt. And it's it's fine. (laughs) I do, like... So today I was really struck by the scene with Tiberius where mm-hmm. Gidget is going in and I'm like, 
And she's walking through all of this mass graveyard, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, this is not child appropriate. I know, but they don't even notice it. No. <laughs> Any more than they, I guess, notice the elephant graveyard in Lion King. Right, right? yeah, exactly. Except th they do notice that one. That, that one has been the source of many nightmares over uh. the years that I am aware of. <laughs> My little brother was pretty young when that when the animated version came out, and yeah, I I, I remember I remember bad dreams about Nazi hyenas. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so we go to the dog park, and Max is making Duke fetch him a stick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's when Duke gets the upper hand, I guess. Yeah. And they end up in the alley with Snowball the cat. So I was talking to my son about Snowball the cat today. I said, what would you think if our cats looked like that cat? And he said... No, that's gross, Mom. So, I kind of like them. Because they are weird looking. They're also very affectionate. Because you've always, you've always wanted a cat you could dress up? No, no. I, I actually wanted a cat I wasn't allergic to. I okay. have gotten better over the years. And, you know, Zyrtec is a thing now. <laughs> it right? is. And my cat allergies are not terrible, but they were pretty bad when I was a kid. And so, yes, I always wanted a bald cat because it was a cat I could have. Okay, so. I can understand that. It's still ugly. They and are that one, ugly. That one in particular in the that movie. That one in particular is disgusting. very ugly. And the lack of... So it's not, it's not really a lack of fur is kind of the thing. It's this very short bristle. Mm-hmm. And they feel weird. <laughs> Do they feel like a man-shaved head? Because that's how I picture it. Um, actually, I would say it's similar. There's there's a little more oil because they don't groom either. Mm. Like most, see, mm -hmm. and that's they're dirty cats. Like yeah. the reality is. Do you have to bathe them? Yeah. So this cat living in this alleyway would just be disgusting. It would be gross and disgusting. Yeah. Yes. Okay would be gross and disgusting. I mean, I don't know if you have to bathe them, but my understanding is that people who own them tend to give them sponge baths because they don't smell good otherwise, mm. because they don't groom themselves because they don't have fur, which makes sense. But all of the... I've known some pretty neurotic fucking cats over the years whose fur smells pretty clean all yeah. things considered mm -hmm. right you get a cat who grooms well mm -hmm. they smell good they're they're yeah. you know right like the cat generally it's the cat itself doesn't smell bad <clears throat> it's like if you go into a house and you smell cats it's, it's not the, the cats it's the litter box that mm -hmm. you're smelling or the cat sprays mm -hmm. but yeah so snowball the suit the not a sewer cat this one is just the Alley cat. Alley cat. Snowball the alley cat is disgusting. In so, more ways than one. 
then we end up, I guess, from the alley into the sewer. Is that kind of that progression mm-hmm. there? Yeah, they end up in the sewer with the flushed pets. With the flushed pets, led by Snowball the bunny. And we're just going to talk about Snowball the bunny. We're not going <laughs> to... Because Snowball is pretty great, right? Like, I, I think it's kind of... If there's one thing I appreciate about Kevin Hart, it's that he doesn't appear to have issue with playing small characters. Right? Bit parts? No, no, no. Like, oh, physically small characters. Physically small. <laughs> he, he literally has no problem. Right. Making fun of his height. Exactly. He all over the place in Jumanji. Right. And so I do, I appreciate that about him. Well, when and you so don't him got playing, it. playing yeah. a little white rabbit seems fitting, right? <laughs> With like an attitude that it's like he's basically he's playing himself. And I have to say, I like Snowball here in this movie. I like Snowball even better in the second yeah. one as the superhero bunny mm-hmm. man. Every part of that role is amazing. <laughs> you know, it's funny because we we both kind of said and agreed that the second one is obviously it has the plot of a sequel. It's a weak plot, mm-hmm. right? It's It's not a great plot. It's more memorable than this one, I think. But it is. Maybe because it's more like vignettes. Like you see multiple animals are having adventures basically in the second one. Cuz so, you've got you've got Snowball and the Tiger. You've got Max and Duke going to the farm and you have um uh what's the little white pomeranian's name? Gidget. Gidget and she's trying to get Busy Bee back. Uh-huh. So you have like three completely separate stories in that uh-huh. one. So I think that's why it's memorable to me because, like, if you ask me to recount this, like, timeline, I don't know. There's Gidget, not much here. Gidget meets a hawk. Max and Duke get lost. Snowball is the head of the the flushed pets. And there's they, a the, sausage factory. There's a we sausage factory, and there's a lot of the animal control officer. Mm-hmm. That's and a really lot of what running. I there's yeah. a lot of running. Yeah. And they end up in, like, the animal control van a few times. Several times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And I think that what makes the second one good is that... So, do you remember the advertisements for this movie? I was actually, on first viewing of this movie, a little bit disappointed. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't the secret life. Right, yeah, I agree, because they advertised it as, like, this is what your pets do when you're not around, Uh huh. basically. Like, the whole, the scene with all the owners leaving in the morning, Uh that was, like, a big part of the marketing campaign. Uh And then coming back at the end of the Mm -hmm. day. And this grand adventure took place in one day on the first day that Katie left Max and Duke at home, which is fine. Uh But there was, but it was missing that i don't know what's his name the long sausage dog i forget the one played by hannibal burris yes i don't know buddy i don't know the dog's name buddy buddy the buddy the dachshund and yes like one of my favorite sequences in the beginning is him with the mixer 
Mm-hmm. Like kicking the bowl off and then mm-hmm. turning it on and using it as a massager. Like, that was what I was here for. Yeah. I agree, and I think I would have liked to have seen more of those scenes where you're getting the, the perspective of the animal, and then you're getting the perspective of the owner. I like that, like, that side-by-side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this could have been like a whole movie. bathroom with Katie and Max, because, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Duke is ruining everything, mm-hmm. and it's just terrible, and how could you do this to me? And she looks down at him, and he's just... Yeah, it was yeah. great. I wanted more of that, too, yeah. Exactly. I wanted more of that. I wanted more of the backstory, less of the grand sweeping adventure. And mm-hmm. surprisingly, or I guess not surprisingly, because it was a sequel, we got more of that feel mm-hmm. in the second movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really did. I enjoyed, like, seeing all the flushed paths. Like, I thought it was funny that there were a bunch of alligators because there's that whole urban legend <laughs> that, like, the sewers of New York are full of alligators that people flush down their toilets or let go as pets. Because apparently miniature alligators were, like, a trendy pet at some point. I don't know. Perhaps in the 80s or 90s? I think earlier than that. I want to say, like, about... 60s. Maybe. I think that might be... It's an urban legend, regardless. And I liked seeing that. The the pig with the tattoos, who's named Tattoo, I was like, okay, did anybody ever actually tattoo live pigs? Was that, like, a thing? And so I looked it up, and it's generally not actually a thing. There was, like, one artist that did it. Like, he was, I want to, I'm totally wrong here. He was, like, Dutch, and he did it in, like, South America. He had, like, a whole pig farm where, like, he would tattoo the pigs, and it was, like, an art project for him. And then uh, he did would, like... the pigs like it is probably... So, apparently, the pigs were treated, like, incredibly well. Like, better than, like, your normal small farm pig was going to be treated. Okay. I'm not comparing... Not to, like, factory farmed pigs, because we all know that that's not a great life. But, like, I mean, your average small town small farm pig these pigs were being treated better and they were sedated before they were tattooed and when they died they were skinned and he would sell their tattooed um like skin okay this is just suddenly went right off into the left of creepy here yeah so i looked at it and like the guy who was doing it his tattoos are not very good like i I love, Sarah, that this is the conclusion you draw from all of this. So I looked up this guy, and he was skinning these pigs after, well, after he they tattooed died. them. After they died. Fine. But still, skinning them, selling the skins off. And what you take away from all of this is he was not a very good tattooist. No, he wasn't. It, and, like, in the end, he just wasn't very good. And that's kind of funny to me because, like, he, like... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is the way he decided he could make a name for himself as a tattoo artist, being a not very good one. I'm not sure. Um, However, so he's like the only noted person I could ever find who like tattooed live pigs. But is apparently like common practice to like buy pig skins and practice on them um, for tattoo artists. But it's tough because they don't last. They decompose quickly. Jesus Christ. How is it that we always end up in this place? Like, if it's not elephant vulva 
or <laughs> porn. It's pigskin and how fast it disintegrates because oh Jesus. Okay, so the artist's name that was doing it was D- Wim Delvoy. I'm probably mispronouncing that totally. Um, he's Belgian. And he was tattooing the pigs in Beijing. Oh, in China. Yeah, it was China. Not South America. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, South America. We didn't mean to malign you. No, I just, it was one of those things where I knew it was one of those places where animal welfare is not necessarily a priority, right? Human welfare is not a priority in China these days, so... But, yeah, like, we can... We'll link a picture, or we'll link to, like, this article. We'll, we'll link to the bad tattoos, so that but you can make a judgment for yourself on the quality of the tattoo. They're not very good. <laughs> and the reason that anybody would tattoo a pig and a pig skin is because it's apparently very... It's, like, very it's similar very similar to, to human, human skin, skin. Yes. Um... So, that is what I could find about tattoo pigs. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> Today I learned. Yeah. Always an adventure. <laughs> okay. So, then we, I guess, cut to, from the sewer, Gidget and uh, Tiberius. Right. And she, the whole reason she's with Tiberius is because she wants him to fly around and try to find Max. Correct. Because she's in love with Max. Uh, yes. Max doesn't know that she's in love with him at this point, I don't think, right? No, it's like I an don't unrequited... think Max, no. They've, they've had conversations, but no, this has not come up yet. I do have to say they're they play the romance part of it fairly cool in the Mm -hmm. second one which Mm -hmm. i appreciated since we're not going to get into the hinkiness of interbreeding a (laughs) pomeranian with (laughs) 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 all right um so then we go and meet pops Pops with Pops's house is fun. We have um, the whole scene with Chloe and the dishwasher and the, just being a cat, doing yeah. cat things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess we escape from the sewer. We end up on the ferry to Brooklyn. Is that where we're going? Is Brooklyn? Yeah, because they're going to see Max or Duke's old house. I I don't think... See, that was never oh, really wait. the intention. Yeah. We just go there since we happen to be in Brooklyn. Right. And that's after the sausage factory. Okay. The The... Trippy old sausage factory scene is is a good time. And then... So, yeah. So, then we go to Max's old house. And meet Reginald the fat cat. So, the thing that strikes me about that whole situation is just thinking about how... If we're taking the cat's word to be true, then Max's owner died after he 
ran away unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's sad to think of like that man, like dying without his pet. Oh, died of a broken heart. Yeah, because he missed his dog. Right. Like, there's so much about that whole sequence that I found very disquieting. It was really sad. And there's no resolution for it. Right. Which is, I I feel, again, we come back to this a lot with non-Disney movies, Mm -hmm. dropped threads, because Mm -hmm. this is a real dropped thread for, in particular, I feel like um, my son was about five or six mm-hmm. when this movie came out and we were having, it, well, I guess not, but to 2016. So he would have been four when this movie came out, but I remember having hearing the questions. Yeah. Well, what happened to Duke's owner? Mm-hmm. Well, I can't tell you, kid, because Illumination didn't see fit to actually finish that storyline. Right. Or if they did, they've left it on me to tell you that, yes, he actually did die of a broken yeah. heart because Duke ran away. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. And, again, we do this a lot with, I feel like, non-Disney movies. It's frequent where they'll just drop it right in the middle of a story we don't need to come back to this thing anymore and i think they forget that they're making movies for kids right who who don't just drop things and i think if you ask them like pointedly why that is they would probably give you the uh the answer that well in this story in particular we're giving you the pet's perspective and there's a certain aspect of this story where it's the pet's trying to put together um information about a world that they don't know you know it's not like they have the same information about a world that you and i have as humans right so I can I can see where they could like hand wave that off as like uh, okay well yeah but the pets don't know either, but I agree, it's it's not it's sloppy it's not when it comes yeah. to our kids is is right. ultimate I I mean it's not it's not a thing that is going to prevent me from allowing my kids to see this movie right but it is certainly a conversation that i had to have with a i assume five or six year old small boy right who got it in his head well okay but what did happen to duke's owner yeah because he yeah. did ask and i and- so i guess i would say a comparison to that might not might be the beginning of up for a disney movie a Pixar movie, mm-hmm. where they do very explicitly explain to you what happens, but it's not necessarily um, something that kids pick up on. And so then you may get those questions there, too. Except that except that they do answer them. Because God up just, like, decimates me. For right. A, like, that movie destroys me. Mm-hmm. But... That sequence is also very clear, and it's, all yeah, it it's took clear for, for me. Us, though, no, but even even for my kids, is she it? got sick, honey. Yeah, she, she got sick. Right. Oh, did no. She... I mean, I guess I mean more like the whole why why is she crying at the doctor's office? Like what? 
you know, that whole part, like the, the loss or the infertility side of it. Hmm. Yes, there was that part too. I don't think, I, I, I have not gotten any questions about that. Although certainly there is the opening for that question there. Why is she sad at the doctor's office? Mm -hmm. Sure. But relatively, I just feel Disney does a much better job treating those kinds of stories with care. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, I agree. They just generally walk you th- because Disney Disney never assumes that kids are stupid, mm-hmm. which I think is a profound difference. They assume the kid may not have the words, but they assume the kid can understand the concept. Mm-hmm. And so they just walk them through visually. Mm-hmm. It's as opposed to going, oh, well, the kids aren't going to notice that we've dropped this threat. Right. Well, the guy's dead, but adults pick up on the fact that, well, maybe the cat's not telling the truth, whereas kids aren't going to tell you, aren't going to necessarily pick up on that. And then there is no resolution. We don't and then know. None whatsoever. And <clears throat> you feel bad honestly for duke like Mm -hmm. he lost his owner he's in this unfamiliar situation with this dog who clearly hates him it's 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 rough for duke Mm -hmm. um and then they get taken by animal control Again, Mm -hmm. because that seems to be how we advance the plot. Right. This is a very, um, very attentive animal control officer, because I know from experience in my suburban area that if you call about like a stray pet, they could care less. Yeah, whatever. Strays? (laughs) Okay. I, I find it hard to believe that like metropolitan New York animal control is like. And so, apparently the same guy is covering all the burrows. Right. Same guy in all the burrows. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about the rat or pig or right. snowball problem at all. Right. The, the legitimate issue right now is that New York has a severe rat problem. Like, they're just walking across the streets in broad daylight these days, <laughs> I hear. So... Eating pizza. Eating pizza. <laughs> They're going to be walking on two legs soon. And doing karate. Yeah. Uber Eats. Teaching some turtles karate. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we're, we're, can we skip those in their entirety? Yeah, please? they're not kids' movies. Okay, great. <laughs> I, don't know how you're, I, I don't know how you're getting they're not kids' movies, but I'm going to go with you on that. Okay. Because I'll allow it. <laughs> the Ninja... Turtles franchise was a beloved staple of my childhood, and I really, really, really resent each and every reboot that has (laughs) attempted to slaughter my childhood in that way. Okay, so we're back in animal control, and snowball attacks and then they drive a city bus into the van on the Brooklyn Bridge <laughs> like this plot is weak 
There is the sequence right about here where Gidget goes insane and fights everybody, and that one was fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And then, for some reason, Snowball changes his mind and mm -hmm. decides to save Max and Duke. And then everybody goes home happy? I mean, do we... Do, Basically. Are, are we missing anything that requires actual coverage here? No. That's what happens. So, the upshot, I guess, then, is that everybody's happy. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get your happy ending. So, Duke and Max are friends now. Yes. Gidget and Max are boyfriend, girlfriend Official. <laughs> Snowball uh, has a new home. Snowball has a new home. Uh, what's his name? The Hawk? Tiberius? Tiberius. And Gidget are now best friends. Yes. And they do actually come back to that one a little bit. Okay. I don't remember if they did. Not in the second movie, I don't think. Okay. But, but no, Tiberius was pretty taken with the idea of having a best, a best friend. A best friend, yeah. Yes. <laughs> And if anybody can keep that old bird in line, it is surprisingly Snowball. <laughs> yeah, you mean Gidget. Or Gidget, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is Gidget. And yes, Snowball gets a new owner and becomes a domesticated bunny. That took all of five Two seconds, seconds yeah. and a nose pat, right? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously Snowball wasn't meant to be a wild bunny. You don't come across pure white bunnies in the wild. <laughs> At least not in New York City. <laughs> Definitely not in superhero costumes either. Right. And then all of the owners come mm -hmm. home, which is, again, I think the leaving and the coming back, honestly, the best part mm -hmm. of this movie. I particularly love the bald dude who is the bird's owner. And yes. The, the whole little yep, bird seed the, on his bald head. That the one. tough guy. Yeah. Yes. And puts the bird seed on his head. I love that. The gerbil finally makes his way home. Yep. And his little boy is overjoyed to see him. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. That... It kind of, because the story is not that great. So the coming home sequence and Leonard. Leonard and his classical music. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 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 the best part of the movie. It is. I I really like Leonard and I like the that that's what his owner listens to. <laughs> And he's just such a sedate, domesticated mm -hmm. poodle when the classical music is playing, and then his <laughs> owner leaves, and he rocks out and headbangs with the fluff ball on his head. <laughs> like, it's fantastic. Alrighty. And then there's the end, I guess, mid-credits scene, where Buddy and Mel show up in costume at Leonard's house. For a party hosted by Snowball. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's it. That's the end. 
that's the end. The end. Overall, I don't know. There's not, there's no blubbers for me in this no. one, which is unusual these days for most movies. It, there's, there's usually a moment where I'll at least get a little misty eyed. But this one doesn't either do it right or doesn't manufacture it right because... Right. I think they could have gotten there if they had really delved into the story of Duke's old owner. I think they could have. I I actually feel like that story should have been dealt with a little bit more appropriately overall. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the resolution should have been there. Right. I can't say how I would have done it any differently, but I think that if they were going to get us to cry, that was the place they could have done it. Well, and if they were going to take us there in the first place, they should have done more with that. I, mm -hmm. I, I mean, if this is the secret life of pets and we go to Brooklyn, I mean... It was a side trip to begin with because Max said, hey, we're close to your old house or whatever. Do you mm -hmm. want to go see about your owner? But I I don't even think that was really out of malice at that point in time. Mm -hmm. It was mostly a, hey, he's your human, right? Mm -hmm. That's in, an important relationship. I understand that because I love Katie. It mm -hmm. didn't feel like it was out of malice. And if that's the case, then they should have... I don't know, somebody's screwing something and this is not even in my house. <laughs> so I have no control over this noise whatsoever. So let's, I guess, wrap, wrap up. it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are you going to score this one? Um, three and a half, I have to say. I'm very strongly feeling three? a three for this one. Three? I, I don't even... God, I think it's a three. It's a three for me. It's a three. I'd like to give it better, but because it's cute. But I, I just, might I, actually say that I might score the sequel better. When we get there, we'll see. But I have no. <laughs> Thankfully, there are no Halloween costumes to discuss here. The age range is whatever the age range is. So, what do we have coming up next? After, after this? this, I was just in the schedule and then I just hopped out. All dogs go to heaven. Ooh. I'm excited for it. Yeah. That should be a good one. I think we're going to find that that's a movie we're not going to want our kids to watch. That's, I got to say, I have not watched All Dogs Go to Heaven in a long, long time. So it's going to be really interesting to see how I feel about it this side of parenthood. Mm-hmm. So tune in. All right, guys. We are everywhere, relatively, at Latchkey Movies. If you want to come and find us, 
We'd rather you sent us an email, latchkeymovies at gmail.com, or called us at 402-885-4875. And my big ask for this week, if you're still actually listening, tell a friend about us. We'd love it if you shared us with someone. Because, really, that's how it works in podcast land. <laughs> it's true. It is. We need your word of mouth. We need your word of mouth. This is the only thing that works. Tell a friend. Tell many friends. If you have five friends, tell them, too. (laughs) My bar is so low if you have five friends. Can you (laughs) tell how many friends I don't have? Do you have have? friends? I don't. (laughs) Do you have any friends? I don't have any friends. I don't know. (laughs) How many friends do normal, typical adult female women have in their 30s? I don't know. Do you know? I have no idea. I have no idea. Do you know where they are? Do you know where friends go? Do you know how to make friends? (laughs) Like... Human females. If you could tell us how you make friends. (laughs) (laughs) We swear we are not aliens. (laughs) We just don't have playgroups, so don't know where to make friends anymore. Like, this is really the struggle of our time, isn't it? Where do we make friends? But if you have friends, I'm assuming you have at least one or two. Yeah. Tell a friend. All right. Please. Bye. Bye. <laughs>